0: And good evening. I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. We're a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 14 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans.
1: And good evening. I'm Jacinda Townsend. and today's broadcast, you'll also hear a new edition of Dark Past, Bright Future, a feature segment on historical perspectives that you won't hear in mainstream media, all in the next hour on Bring It On.
0: But first, if it's July in Indiana, it's time to look forward to Indiana Block Expo. As a pillar of the Indiana community for nearly 50 years, IBE has encouraged and empowered individuals through education, events, and hands-on initiatives. The organization has continued to evolve its programming to find new ways to proactively address the most relevant issues in order to make a valuable contribution for positive change. This is just the beginning.
1: Summer Celebration 2019 is the biggest event of the summer, featuring free concerts, celebrity basketball, film, arts, and culture, with proceeds supporting IBE programs. Also, for more than three decades, Indiana University has been a proud supporter of the Indiana Black Expo Summer Celebration, one of the largest African-American cultural events in the country. During the week-long celebration, IU participates in the Indiana University Education Conference, the annual PACERS sports and entertainment corporate luncheon and a three-day exhibition. We've invited Tanya Bell, Indiana Black Expo's president and general counsel, to join us to provide an enticing overview of what people can experience when they attend this year's summer celebration. For more than 10 years, Tanya Bell has overseen day-to-day operations and supervises various programs and initiatives, as well as Summer Celebration and Circle City Classic. She is also responsible for sponsorship, sales, and activations for more than 150 companies and has served on the Board of Directors for IBE from 2001 until 2007. Ms. Bell, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: I must admit that you are one of the most busiest individuals on the planet um, months leading up to July, not just this month, but I tell you, it, this is uh, an undertaking for anyone. It has such a grand history, and you've been so much uh, a, a good, great part of that. And as I look toward, as, seriously, as July rolls around, I, it's just not July without Black Expo
2: right absolutely The great thing I think about all of this you know this is our 49th um, annual event and fundraiser this year is because we have wonderful partners like Indiana University um, you know it takes a village it takes a a, a team um, it takes a lot of partnerships in order to pull this off so we are grateful for the partnership that we have
0: you know as I look at uh Indiana Black Expo, every year they they rally behind a particular theme, uh, an uplifting theme for the community and and for uh, the experience, because Indiana Black Expo is an experience. It's just not uh, 11 or 12 days in the month of July. It's an experience. What is the theme and focus for this year?
2: Well, the theme that we have, and this is more just from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, is we are one. And so, and we've actually had this theme um, for one of our events in the past, but that is something that we just feel during this day and age with respect to just inclusiveness and um, partnership and collaboration, and um, that that is um, pretty much what the event is all about. I mean, kind of going back to what I talked about before, um, the reason why Indiana Black Expo and it fundraisers have lasted so long when other folks around the country have tried to do the same thing is because of the partnerships. It's because of everyone involved. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really um, fascinating to actually see that, um, even as the president and CEO. But that is one of the strengths that we have in Indiana. And so that theme, I feel like, is appropriate. We are one.
0: Go ahead, Jacinda.
1: Sure. What are some of the primary events um, uh, for this year's IVA?
2: So we actually kick off the events um, in three days Um, on Thursday. um, Our kickoff is our ecumenical service that will take place um, in Indianapolis at Grace Apostolic Church. And then on this weekend, um, on Saturday, we go into our annual film festival, and we have a lot of different films um that they have planned with our partnership with new fields here in indianapolis and then that takes you know a place over the weekend and so there's there's a lot of different films as i said before i know that they have some panel discussions um that are more on the serious side with some um, leaders in the community that will participate in those panel discussions one of the things that is new this year Um, It's on that Sunday. Um, We um, had the opportunity for the first time that I've been involved with the organization to partner with Indie Fringe, um, which is an arts organization here. And so what we've done is they are are bringing in the play Josephine, which is a critically acclaimed off-Broadway show based on the life of Josephine Baker. And it's supposed to be a great play. So what we've done is we've bought the play out. And um, we will have our Performing Arts Academy students um, as well as their parents and then some other folks that we have invited um, in the arts and cultural realm with some of our partners to participate um, and to observe that play. And so those are some of the events that start off this weekend. Um, and then, you know, next week we'll go into the kickoff of our business conference um, with respect to our mayor's breakfast. Um and so you know I can get in. If you want me to keep going? I can go straight through the calendar of events. Well, event.
0: b- before you before you do that, I I didn't want to um, ask this one question again. That that fifty years that you're getting to a milestone that, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of organizations have tried but could not replicate uh, with you know four point six million in college scholarships awarded since eighty three. And you provide $100,000 annually to help Indiana students attend college, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. How did this grand vision start? And a lot of our listeners, they may know of IBE, but they don't know about the grand history.
2: Yeah. Well, definitely it started way before my time um, with our founders that actually 49 years ago had the opportunity to go to Chicago. And um, they went to the Chicago the expo that they had here and then brought back this idea and then really created this, um, really focused at the time more on supplier diversity um, um, and and procurement and all of those things with respect to minority businesses and making sure that um, the networking is there with the minority businesses, teaming up with the prime businesses and that those opportunities are there in order to grow those businesses because our, you know, The vision at that time is if we can grow our businesses, then we can impact our community. And so over time, the event has grown. I mean, 49 years ago when it um, first took place at the Indiana State Fairgrounds, which was the first year, it outgrown um, the State Fairgrounds in one year. And then it's been at the Indiana Convention Center with respect to the exhibition component of the event um, since then. And so, you know, it started out with a focus on, you know, just economic development, business development, and, and, you know, working with businesses, and then over time, it grew into, you know, what it is today, and so um, kudos to all of our founders, Um, you know, I I hear stories all the time with respect to, you know, some of the, you know, one of the founders put their home up, you know, in order to help kind of get, sustain the organization and do some things you know, years and years ago, and so, you know, we're carrying on that legacy that not only those founders have left, but Reverend Charles Williams, who um, was a giant in the community, and, and, you know, a lot of this is, you know, carrying on his vision um, with, you know, everything that he has put in place um, to get the organization to where it is.
0: And to see it just grow over the years, um, I remember attending Black Expo, I think I was eleven years old, and um, they brought a group of us down from gary indiana and and we went around first the fountain just tour a little bit of Indianapolis downtown then we went in and just experienced um you talk about vendor booths exhibit booths uh the sights the sounds, even the smells the food that's in there and and it's just for for a family looking for something wholesome to do um you can't you can't beat this i mean it's yeah. um uh, you know, and we haven't even gotten to one of the more enticing aspects of this year's uh, Black Expo when it comes to cost and price. Uh, but, yeah. you know, you talk about a value-added experience for your family at a time when, you know, you cringe sometimes when you take your kids someplace because you really don't know what they're going to be exposed to. But this, by far, is is one of the most tremendous uh, events that highlight, promote, um, and uh, just... Showcase the black experience, black culture. And for that, we, we truly appreciate this. Um, one thing, uh, the dates, um, just to be clear, uh, it starts this coming Thursday and runs until when?
2: The 21st, which is Sunday, the 21st, July 21st. So absolutely, it starts on Thursday, which I believe is the 11th, and then it runs until Sunday, July 21st.
0: And, and you go ahead
1: oh well i was just gonna i just want to put this out there and i think we will a few more times but the website is indianablackexpo.com, and there's a full schedule there um yep.
0: you have added uh the music heritage festival and uh, you bring talent you you bring top name talent to this experience um, both indoors and then outdoors. One of the signature events is the outdoor concert. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so the outdoor concert, which um, is such a jewel um, in the community because, you know, we've been doing it for so long, and, you know, it's, it's exciting to see how the community kind of rallies around it and comes together. This is, you know, our opportunity to really kind of, um celebrate our culture and to really enjoy music which is part of our heritage and our tradition. And um the free concert this year which will take place on Friday, July nineteenth, um, at the American Legion Mall outside features Guy, um, Confunction and Angela Wimbush. So very excited um about the lineup, um, you know, very excited, you know, for this to be something that the community can come out and really um just kind of celebrate, have a good time, you know, bring their family, um, and so that is on Friday. The, the great thing is we had an opportunity this year to add another free concert on Saturday inside the Convention Center, and so, you know, our goal also, you know, the, the Convention Center alone with our exhibition hall um, has a variety of different features, and one of the features this year is um, we will have a love and hip-hop concert inside um, the um, Exhibition Hall um, featuring Carl Thomas and Chubb Rock. And so, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of um, fun things um, going on. You know, we have a concert on Saturday as well. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, the free concert really is that jewel in the community. We, you know, anticipate every year um, between 60,000 to 80,000 people um, there.
0: And, uh, again, you use the word that made a lot of eyebrows go up you it twice you said free <laughs> absolutely and, and i was yeah, expecting <laughs> 17.99 but, but you said free
2: <laughs> absolutely so free for the community so you know it's something that we want to have for the community you know the fact that you know a few years ago we decided to make the exhibition hall free you know you know i think it's great to be able to do that for the community because we encourage families to come out and, you know, with what IU is doing at your booth um, in your exhibit space with respect to the 21st century scholars and, you know, being able to have virtual college tour right there to, you know, get that done and checked off the box and, you know, to have those students um, get that exposure to the college experience. I mean, a lot of that is key. And so with making those things free, we do it also because we want to make sure that we're attracting um, folks inside the convention center and that traffic is there so that our you know partners like IU and others are receiving that return on investment for their partnership
1: what are some other things in the exhibition hall that may appeal to people particularly younger people and families with with maybe younger children
2: so there, there's a few things um, you know th- without laying too much of a foundation, we actually have our Performing Arts Academy. And so um, we will have a studio set up where a lot of the students um, will participate and our instructors will participate. And these are for, you know, we'll be doing some recruitment to get more students into the program at the same time. But they can come in literally for acting, music, production, um, dance, they actually can do code reads and monologues on site um, with the students that are in the program just to, you know, kind of play around and have fun with it. So we'll have, you know, some of the audience, and some of the children come in and just do some code reads in front of the camera so they can get a sense of what our Performing Arts Academy is like year-round. Um, we'll have, you know, music beats done by our music department and our music instructor. So there's a lot going on with respect to the Performing Arts we also have a children's zone so that is more geared towards some of the younger toddlers um, and um, some of the younger students um, that will participate um, in the children's zone that has a variety of different activities um, where they can j- dress up as queens and um, I know there's some video games and some different things for the youth and they may have some bouncy houses and a lot of different things going on in that area. From a substance standpoint with respect to our teams, you know, we also will have um, a Real Talk team forum, which we do every year. And this year we're very excited to have actor and performer Trevor Jackson, um, who will talk to the teams and just kind of share his testimony and his story. He'll also participate and perform during halftime of our celebrity basketball game, which is another activity that is designed for not only the youth but also the family Uh, we have a lot of adults who really love that event as well um and then some of our celebrities that are here like chub rock and like jennings and some of those celebrities will be performing it's an opportunity for them to give back um and not only be here here to perform but also to kind of give back and have some fun with it with the community as well so you know all of those things don't even include a lot of the activations that are happening um at the sponsor booth. We have amateur boxing, again, um, that's gear, geared toward families, but we have young, um, young, um, the youth as early as, I, I think at their age, goes all the way, like, you know, 12, 13 years old, that are participating in the amateur boxing um, tournament. And the great thing about that is those, you know, a lot of the um, participants every year go on to um, do professional um, boxing. And so, those are just some, and I, I focus really on what would be geared toward the youth, some of the things that are going on. You know, we have a uh, youth leadership summit that's going on at the West at the over that weekend as well. You know, they put on their own events. Um, they have an all-white affair. And they're doing some things. So, you know, it is, you know, the one great thing about summer celebration, and I, you know, I appreciate this more when I've gotten the opportunity to go places like the Essence Music festival and a lot and some of the other sort of cultural cultural related events is the one thing that is unique about Indiana Black Expo Summer Celebration is that it is geared toward families and geared toward the youth and you know that's really where you know I believe our partnership and IU um, where it has been so strong because of that focus with youth development and education and scholarships and um, th- that sort of component of the organization. And so, um, you know, we're very, very excited. Um, you know, we're we're encouraging um, families to bring their students there, get them signed up, get them exposed. You know, we have, you know, universities that are participating. We want them to be exposed to the college life and, you know, what to expect. Um, and we want them to do it early. We don't want them to wait until their high school year, but we want to start working with them, you know, at middle school age and even younger so that they can actually get the exposure um, and have that access which is needed in our community.
0: If you've just joined us here, I'm bringing on, we're having a delightful conversation with Miss Tanya Bell, Indiana Black Expo's president and general counsel. She's here to provide, as you're listening, an enticing overview of what people can experience when they attend this year's summer celebration which kicks off on Thursday, July the the 11th through Sunday, July the 21st. And as Jacinda mentioned earlier, along with this conversation today, you can get more information at indianablackexpo.com. I did want to mention one of the premier uh, events that uh, is is heavily attended during, uh, I'd say, uh, mid-morning through early afternoon, is the Pacers Sports and Entertainment Corporate Luncheon. Uh, And this has just packed that ballroom year after year after year. Stellar guests, stellar awards, stellar recognitions, fabulous food, fabulous fabulous camaraderie. And can you sort of give us a taste of what to expect for those who, and I believe have purchased tickets to attend this, uh, but what they can expect when when they attend?
2: Yeah, I mean, and again, thanks to our partnership with IU. IU is a presenting sponsor of that corporate luncheon. Um, You know, we're able to, you know, every year come together and really honor um, those throughout the country that we feel has demonstrated um, some type of um, commitment or impact, um, whether or not it's with whatever industry that they're involved in that has impacted the African American community, and we're very, very excited this year because we have the opportunity to give three awards out. Um, One of the awards is the Lifetime Achievement Award that we will um, present to Teddy Riley, who um, just, I mean, wow, with just all of the music, you know, with him as a producer and all of the songs that he has written um, for so many, you know, African-American artists in the industry, um, we're very, very honored um, to be able to give Teddy the Lifetime Achievement Award Dewan McCoy, and you know, I know he was in the paper maybe a couple of months ago um, with respect to um, buying or investing in Channel Eight um, News Station here. And so, I mean, with millions of dollars and just what he's doing, and it's a rare opportunity, quite frankly, to see an African American man, um, you know, just you know, in this industry. Um, to be able to, you know, have his resume and do some of the things that he's doing. And so we're presenting DeWan McCoy with the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And then lastly, um, you know, one of the things that we are excited about is um, the, the presentation of the Reverend Charles Williams Excellence Award to Central Indiana Community Foundation, just for the bold moves that they have made um, recently with respect to not only changing their mission, but to folk. and and to change their mission to focus on systematic racism Um, and but also just their strategic plan and everything that they have rolled out Um, and so uh, we're very very excited for what they're doing we feel like um, you know this move on their part um, we're hoping will impact um, how other um, philanthropic organizations are looking at the way that they are funding and um, supporting and what their focus areas are with respect to making sure that the community is more inclusive in for from an economic growth standpoint and so um, those are you know just from an awardee perspective we're very excited to honor them the great thing about this corporate luncheon in which is the reason why it is a signature event during summer celebration is because of all of the networking that goes there um, you know, we have all of the different elected and appointed officials, not only locally and throughout the state, but those that are representing us in Congress. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of the corporate community. And so the diversity in that room, to me, I've always been impressed by the diversity because you have every demographic that you can think of in that room. And so, um, that corporate luncheon again, it is on Friday, July 19th at 11 o'clock, um, a.m. We are still, Um, selling tickets for that Um, we still have people you know today buying tickets so if you know anyone is interested um, they still have time to um, you know be in the room
0: you know I can always tell when someone loves what they're doing because when they describe every aspect element of, of their job they glow and I could tell even over the radio waves you have this big smile on your face (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it, you would think you're reading from a script, but this is from the fact that your hands, your, your sleeves have been rolled up and you have been elbow deep in putting this together. And you have a fabulous team of volunteers and paid staff that work with you uh, to put on one of Indiana's most signature events statewide. And it's been recognized around, around the country. You mentioned the Essence uh, Music Fest, other, other gatherings have different themes, different focus, uh, but again, the family aspect is what has been treasured so much with Indiana Black Expo. Um, my, my sort of s- seminal moment was when I went to the corporate luncheon, and you were honoring Sidney Poitier, and I'm sitting there yards away from an from a, from a actor, uh, uh, activist, you name it, philanthropist, who's done so much for the black community and for our country. And he comes out, and there's a sort of hush in the room at first, then it breaks into this wild applause and standing ovation, of course. And then he says, uh, here we are, you looking at me and I looking at you. It's a line from a movie, and everybody just broke out laughing, but it's, it's events like that that will always be etched in my mind uh, at Indiana Black Expo. Um, I want to transition a little bit. Um, We talked about summer celebration, but that's not all you do. It's not just uh, the month of July, like the Indy 500, the month of May. It's it's not just the month of July, but you're involved with Circle City Classic, and Indiana Black Expo spans 12 months as far as its in-reach into the community. Can you take a moment and talk about those things?
2: Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you asked me that, because you know, a lot of people, because of the media attention and, you know, the the entertainment aspect and the celebrity, um, they tend to look at Summer Celebration and Circle City Classic and they're like, okay, this is what the organization is about. And this is what the organization is about. And, and even within those events um, by themselves, there's so much substance involved, um, you know, We talked about, you know, with Summer Celebration Education Conference, Business Conferences, Employment Opportunity Fair. So we do have a lot of substance within those events. And then even with respect to Circle City Classic, where, you know, we're showcasing historically black colleges and universities here within the state of Indiana. And while we're doing that, we're giving out scholarships to um, Indiana students that want to go anywhere they want um, to pursue a post-secondary education. Um, And so those are our two main fundraisers. And so Circle City Classic is our fundraiser to give out scholarships. you know, the more tickets we sell to the game, the more you know, revenue that we bring in, the more um, scholarships that we can provide to Indiana students to attend and pursue a post-secondary education. Summer Celebration is our primary fundraiser. And so the point of them is they're a means to an end. They, we funnel those dollars back into our year-round programs that we do. And one of those that I alluded to earlier was our Performing Arts Academy, which is um, a program that we just launched um, four months ago. And not only did we launch the program, but we've actually purchased the building on the east side of Indianapolis, which is the former Crossroads Bible College building, which is 43,000 square feet of space in order for us to provide performing arts programming to students, particularly middle and high school students, but also students that are disconnected from school and work so that we can come alongside them. And we're using performing arts as an empowerment hook. And, you know, we're going to develop talent as we do that. But the whole point of that is we're layering it with academic supports and interventions in order for those students to be successful academically. And so... You know, that is, you know, probably one of the the um, primary focuses right now with respect to the youth development piece is what we're doing on the east side of Indianapolis. We literally are um, close to completion of the first re- phase of renovation where we have gone in and we've converted, you know, Crossroads Library into a dance studio. We've um, um, converted um, – Spaces into music production studios for the students and videography and acting studios. And so we're very, very excited about that initiative that um, has been happening um, for the last few months as we have been preparing for summer celebration at the same time. Um, But that is the substance of what the organization is about the education conferences and the training where we come alongside educators across the state of indiana to make sure that they are providing the best opportunities for our youth in the classroom and in the school and so it's those things the scholarships and you know the the coronations and all those things that we do youth year-round that oftentimes a lot of people don't know about and we need to do a better job with you know kind of sharing with the community all of those year-round things but it is i'm glad that you asked me that clarence because it's so much beyond Summer Celebration of Circle City
0: Classic. You know, I, as uh, we go forward in the months to come, I'd like to invite some of your staff that are involved with that to come on um, and just, you know, expound a little bit more about the vision um, for that type of outreach. Th- until you just said that, I did not know. Wow. And, but I, I know that you know, this is a dynamic uh, organization uh, that is committed to the community and, yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm capturing what you're, what you're speaking of, and Jacinda, who is, who is an educator in her own right, we're sitting here both nodding our heads and, and saying, yeah, that, that is, this is what is needed. Um, and uh, I applaud you and your staff and your, your board, your volunteer board. Uh, can you, are there any shout-outs that you'd like to give in the final few minutes we have here? Uh,
2: our, my shout-out is going to always be to our volunteers. I mean, we have, what, about 10 employees here. Um, we can't do um, what we do without volunteers that come together. They they buy into the legacy of the organization and the mission and what we're doing. And we can't we can't do it without them. Um, and that's a strength of the the human capital is a strength. Um, and we get that through our volunteers. You know, the other shout out would be to our sponsors and our partners. Um, we couldn't do this at all. Um, this takes resources, you know, this, this takes an awful lot of resources in order to make this happen. And so, um, we are very grateful that our sponsors and our partners buy into the mission of the organization and that, you know, they are satisfied with the return on investment because they are making an investment, um, in the organization when they're partnering with us. And so, I definitely could not hang up the phone without giving appropriate shout outs to, Our partners, our sponsors, and our volunteers. Absolutely.
0: Well I also want to give a shout out back to you before we end this conversation. Uh, We have uh, at the University we have honored you with uh, uh, several times but there's one distinction that I'm so proud to have actually handed uh, this this plaque to you was the Charlie Nelms Distinguished Alumni Award. And so befitting all the things you've done. And, um, you know, you are this treasure jewel in central Indiana and beyond. And and uh, thank you for all that you do. And, and I'll leave the final few questions, if if there are any, for uh, Jacinda as we sort of wrap this up.
1: Sure. I just have um, – I'm very interested to hear about the career fair and the health fair. I think um, if you could share a little bit with us about those things.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, so the career fair takes place on thursday july nineteenth um, and that's from twelve until five o'clock p m inside the Indiana Convention Center, particularly inside the five hundred ballroom of the indiana convention center and it's it's just it's an opportunity for anyone who is unemployed or underemployed um, to come on out and you know go to the next level with respect to your career we have you know, close to 90 employers that are on site and that many of them interview on site. Um, And there have been several testimonials that have come out of the career fair um, with respect to landing jobs. And so um, we just encourage anyone and everyone to come out and really partake in that. We have a list of those employers that are participating on our website. If anyone wants to go on our website in, in advance to see who is um, going to participate in that Employment Opportunity Fair. The health fair, uh, which is the Black and Minority Health Fair, and thank you for bringing that up, because when we talk about substance within the event, it doesn't top. Nothing tops this. It is the largest health fair of its kind in the country. Um, Our partnership with the Indiana State Department of Health has existed for a long time, well before... Um, I arrived here at the scene, and you know, through that partnership, almost two thousand dollars in free health screenings are given out. Um, it's it's you know we have Senior Citizens Night, which is on that Thursday. If they don't want to you know deal with the crowds that are coming out on over the weekend, they come out on that Thursday and they partake and they get those health screenings and participate and get all of the advice and uh, that they need with respect to their health. So. It is um, a huge partnership, and it's something that um, I'm proud that we do in the state. And, again, we couldn't do it without the state of Indiana.
0: Well, on that note, we want to thank uh, Tanya Bell, uh, Indiana Black Exposed President and General Counsel, for joining us. And I know she is overly busy right now, but yet she has carved out some time to talk with us. Uh, She provided an enticing and exciting and engaging overview of what people can experience and what you can expect to uh, just uh, uh, be a part of when you attend this year's summer celebration. Again, the dates uh, kicks kicks off this Thursday, July the 11th, and runs through Sunday, July the 21st. Now, you can get more information at this website, IndianaBlackExpo.com, and if you go to the homepage there, you can download a full event guide. That's that's everything that's offered uh, during this uh, extravagant uh, uh, exhibition. So on that note, uh, Miss Bell, I know you're running from this interview definitely to something else, but thanks again for just affording uh, us some time this afternoon.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: for you joining. for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is On at wfhb.org, and we want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is On at wfhb.org.
3: Welcome to Dark Past, Bright Future, lessons in African-American history that you won't read about in any textbook, telling the stories of the struggle of those who came before us to build a better path to a brighter future for all of us.
4: A slave was born in the year 1809 to a mulatto slave by the name of Amy. He would grow up to become a well respected and successful business owner who operated several barber shops and owned about fifteen slaves. By the year eighteen fifty, twelve percent of all free persons of color owned slaves in Mississippi. Here is the story of William T. Johnson of Natchez, Mississippi. It is believed the father of William T. Johnson was a white plantation owner named William Johnson. This man took advantage of the 1814 Emancipation Law which said, Slave owners in Mississippi Territory could free their slaves with their approval of the Territorial Assembly. And in February of that year, he publicly posted his intention to free his female slave, Amy. On March 20, 1814, Amy was emancipated. She took her former master's last name. He bought a small house for her and her two children, where she set up a business that became somewhat successful. Wm T., her son, had to remain a slave due to his age. At that time, the law prohibited the emancipation of minors. It was not until February twentieth, 1820, that he was liberated. In the meantime, Adelia, Amy's daughter, and Wilm T.'s sister was released from bondage. The year was 1818. By the year 1820, Adelia Johnson was married to a free Negro named James Miller. He was a barber. Young Wim T. became his apprentice. Eventually, Wim T. opened his own barbershop in Port Gibson, Mississippi. Then he purchased the Natchez, Mississippi barbershop from his brother-in-law, James Miller. The purchase price? $300. In the year 1831, William married Anne, a mulatto. Anne had been given her freedom from her master, who was also her father. His name was Gabriel Tinchner. Anne's mother was Harriet Battles, a free slave. She owned slaves. Before her death, she emancipated a few of them, but decided to leave a few slaves to William T. In her will, William T. and Ann were married 20 years, had 11 children. The youngest was a month old when he, William T., was murdered over a land dispute. But during his lifetime, Will T. believed in education and insisted that his children would be taught by the best. So he hired out tutors, but eventually sent them to New Orleans, Louisiana, to receive a formal education. Wim T. had maintained a careful and detailed financial record of his business and his personal life. He kept diaries. He made notes of everyday events that revealed bits and pieces of the daily life in Natchez, Mississippi, a About those citizens during that time. The diary would remain a secret until 1935 when it was discovered in the attic in the family home by a daughter in law. The home that Wim T. built is located at 2010 State Street, Natchez, Mississippi. The structure was the family home for more than 100 years. And it's still standing today. In his diary, Wilm had talked about having to sell one of his slaves because that slave, Stephen, could not stay out of the bottle. He also talked about giving weapons to some of the female slaves. This was Wilm T. Johnson of Natchez, Mississippi. This concludes this edition of Dark Past, Bright Future.
3: You've been listening to Dark Paths, Bright Future, exploring the many different shades of African-American history, because the true history of our people is more complex than black and white. In the words of the Negro National Hymn, sing a song full of the hope that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won.
0: It on is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. You just heard another edition of our award-winning "Dark Past, Bright Future," a feature segment on historical perspectives that you won't hear in mainstream medium, media, and that was put together, of course, by the wonderful, talented Miss Liz Mitchell.
1: And this is Bring It On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to Twitter.com and search for WFHB News. Or you can always visit the F- WFHB's news website at wfhb.org news. So speaking of news, uh, let's talk a little bit about what is going on as this democratic field slims down um, Biden, who I think is the current Front runner in terms of polling and funds raised, right?
0: Well, yeah, but I thought Kamala had won the, the nomination and she was on her way to uh, <laughs> taking on Trump. I mean, I know she got a bounce from the last debate. Yes. But yes. I think some people are trying to hold a coronation a little bit too soon. Really, uh, yes. There are a lot of other issues we need to talk about other than busing. Now, busing, yes, that mm-hmm. is a key pivotal point. And please don't slam my phone talking about me. But there are other issues out there. Definitely. Uh, but there has to be a way to kind of weed out the field because the field is, it's there there are way too many people right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody's trying to posture and to get that perfect sound bite. But she had some relevant issues and points mm-hmm. that she raised, yes. yes. And Biden did look a little unready and unprepared to yes. respond. So yes. um he
1: has issued an apology, apparently. Hmm. Um, He, on Saturday, apologized for recent comments about working with segregationist senators in his early days in the Senate, saying he understands now his remarks could have been offensive to some. Um, And he says in front of a mostly black audience in Sumter, South Carolina, was I wrong a few weeks ago? Yes, I was. I regret it, and I'm sorry for any of the pain of misconception that caused anybody. Um... So, and I guess he he and Harris were both campaigning Sunday in South Carolina, which mm-hmm. is the first Southern state to vote in next year's primary, and a crucial proving ground for both of them.
0: Um, I, you know, with Biden, and I think everyone accepts it, you know, we, we really admire him, um, he, and he's been through so much, and he was side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder with President Obama, uh, defended, advocated for and, um, but there were times when his, uh, lack of maybe discipline has gotten him into trouble as far as speaking his mind. A lot of this could have been avoided. There, there've been a couple of gaps he's made. Um, that was one. And then there was another earlier on, oh, about the, the woman, uh, uh, touching women inappropriately. And he did not own up or did not really express himself on that. And that came back to haunt him for a couple of weeks.
1: Yes. Although I think, you know, I, I wonder if we need somebody like that to take on Trump. Like we need someone who can have a hot mite problem. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> well, if, if one thing people believe in and, and the, the polls are, are very favorable for him in this in this regard is that they feel he can take on Trump and that of all the candidates that he is well prepared to take on Trump because he knows how to roll up his sleeves and I think he made the comment about taking him in the back alley or something he'd meet him in the back alley I believe he would yeah that old I'll meet you at three o'clock on the playground (laughs) comment back in elementary junior high and even high school (laughs) that some people used to use um but um you know, all the things that Trump, you look at Trump, all the things he's done to stick his foot in his mouth. But, oh, but, no, no, well, I have to ask this question. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds to respond. What well-trained um, band of soldiers commandeered an airport back in 1776? I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Yes, 1776 or thereabouts, there's this well-trained group of soldiers who commandeered an airport. 747s, 727s, B-52s, even some stealth bombers were commandeered back during this time. All right. And well, what's your answer?
1: You know, I was trying to decide whether it was the Negro Cinnabon Battalion or the Buffalo Commuter Soldiers, um, but I think in the, and I'm going to go with the Cinnabon Battalion, Clarence. I think.
0: Well, someone who who uh, who makes more money than us and lives in luxury all the time said it was the Continental Army that commandeered an airport. <laughs> Now, of course, you know, maybe they were delivering these these remarks in the rain, and perhaps the uh, <laughs> uh the perhaps the equipment got shorted out a little bit and, and but you know that hair stayed together he got I think he got whipped, but that hair you talk about give me some of that moose, although I don't have that much hair to work with, but his hair, not a hair, was out of place, but that teleprompter shirt sure did go no. a little squirrely as he was delivering those it remarks.
1: Was it it was so distressing initially because I figured he couldn't possibly have written it and someone else did, and then I realized. You mean <laughs> someone
0: else who's not working there anymore? Exactly. <laughs> or, uh, but but then you know, in, in typical Trump fashion, that you know, as he's leaving again on on in the helicopter or, or somewhere at some tarmac somewhere, he's saying, "Oh no, well, uh, the teleprompter got a little way and it just went haywire." And so you're saying then you went off the cuff mm-hmm. to make that mm-hmm. remark that's even more scary yes, um, yes. so you know I, I just had to ask pose that question of course you got it wrong but it was the Continental Army <laughs> that did this and then there were there was there was some ramparts mentioned that i am not even gonna get in, uh, into but uh, wow that, uh, that here,
1: must have been a heck of a TSA chapter. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Kamala Harris stars as 2020 presidential candidates pitch African American voters at the Essence Fest. Now, you're talking about going somewhere where you can hit home runs all day. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren touted her support for equal pay. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio shared his thoughts about his biracial family. He had to. Now you're seeing more and more photos of Bill (laughs) with Honey Bun.
1: Uh huh.
0: And that and strapping young man that's graduating, Afro, I think, for, with yes. the Afro from, you know, yes. I'm waiting for him to, to get some dreadlocks. But anyway, <laughs> Senator Cory Booker talked about ensuring that African-American female entrepreneurs have access to capital. Um, that, that's great talk for the, the venue they were at. Some of the top rivals for the Democratic presidential nomination appeared at the Essence Fest in New Orleans on Saturday. But as Democratic presidential candidates lined up for the chance to appeal directly to black women, which candidates have increasingly seen as a critical voting block, there was little doubt the main attraction was Kamala Harris. Um, and yes, I, I think she's making great strides. Uh, when she gets into her pros- prosecutorial mindset mm-hmm. on the stump, she's sharp. Mm-hmm and her command of history. I mean, I don't think she would have said the Continental Army, mm-hmm. commandeer, an airport, <laughs> especially in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But uh, her command of history, her command of the rule of law, and uh, she she's a very poised individual. So yes, I, I find her an appealing uh, candidate so far. There are others. Um, uh, and then plus, what, we have, what, 16 months or 15 months to Left, go? Left, yes. um,
1: yeah.
0: It's maybe a little too early to. to I mean, I, I want to hear more. Mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah. the debates were helpful. I think uh, watching Buttigieg get out of his quagmire mm-hmm. because he has to write that situation in South Bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And someone said it best, I, I heard the other day, that if he can't handle this situation uh, in his hometown, then how will he handle other such situations mm-hmm. in the nation?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, and and then he may have to thoroughly explain why he fired a black uh, police police chief, chief. Um, uh-huh. yes. over what was viewed as perhaps uh, wiretapping, but he was trying to get information on what was going on on his mm-hmm. force. Now, whether or not that's right or wrong, the court can decide that, but mm-hmm. uh, I think Buttigieg has some, in the words of uh, uh, Desi Arnaz, you have some explaining to <laughs> do, yes. so yes. we will see.
1: Yes, definitely. So here's a story that um, I think many people are distressed about. Um, Shaquille Dukes, a 24-year-old black man trying to recover from double pneumonia at a hospital in Illinois, was shocked when a security officer approached him and accused him of stealing the IV equipment that was attached to his arm. Um, And there's video of this. A police officer came to arrest him and his brother. Um, It's gone viral on social media. He had been admitted to FHN Memorial Hospital for two days due to pneumonia, and his doctor cleared him to go for a walk outside. As he was walking, he was stopped, um, and a security officer ordered the, the to come over um, to him, the police to come over to him. So here we have a case of you know sort of convalescing while black. Um, he was actually transported to jail his mm-hmm. IV was removed and his rescue inhaler was seized from him. He passed mm-hmm. out and suffered from a seizure, but was mm-hmm. given his rescue inhaler only four minutes
0: later. You, you know, they have to recycle that, that equipment. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's such uh, a demand for, I mean, and you can't take hospital equipment out. Right. Everybody knows right. that. No, uh, right. no, no. Obviously this is not only ridiculous, but it, it rises mm-hmm. to a level of such sensitivity that Mm -hmm. uh, I know there are ambulance chasers that are calling him right now because, yeah, they need to be sued and and taken to the mat on that. Um, But again, it speaks to this perception, especially of black males, that's Mm -hmm. pretty prevalent, Mm -hmm. that be suspicious all the time or Mm um make sure they feel or and are reminded that they're in their place and we've had guest after guest over the years talk about this dynamic especially when it does come to law enforcement mm-hmm. now there are communities that are making strides to overcome this yes they are and but more needs to be done starting mm-hmm. from the top mm-hmm. um, when i look at who was once our top police chief uh... jeff sessions mm-hmm. And some of the things that he was accused of doing and still uh, uh, contributed to and, and continued to do. And then our commander-in chief, before um, a uh, a, um, a host of police officers at some ceremonial event said that when you do arrest people, you could be rough with them. You can push them into the back seat. Maybe if you bump their heads mm. and those were dog whistles. Mm-hmm. Those were dog whistles. Mm -hmm. And, of course, so, I mean, sometimes and oftentimes the tone is set from the top in our country, unfortunately. And there's situations, again, you know, a young man by a security agent Mm -hmm. being stopped because an IV that is no doubt in his arm. Yes. He's walking around. He's going to take this IV <laughs> and the bag because you know those mm-hmm. bags they could refill yeah you could you know use soap and water clean that out uh-huh. put more saline <laughs> in there <laughs> but they stopped them they fri- they probably frisked them and how can you get frisked in the hospital yeah, yeah. you know that th- th- that's a new one but then <laughs> the question is where are you going i'm <laughs> taking a walk didn't want to hear what he had to say mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. took his inhaler mm-hmm. because you know that there really was you know um uh, a marijuana and, bong. I mean, right. that wasn't an inhaler. That was something to ingest drugs of another kind mm-hmm. into your system. Then he passes out. Right. Probably convulsing. Yes. And now this rush to apologize and whatever, that's just Next stupidity at, stupid. at, a, at yes. a heightened level. Yes. And yes, there need there needs to be lawsuits there need to be investigations and many heads need to roll mm-hmm. on that one. I see we're heading out of time here on a Monday afternoon. Uh and if you have any any news stories or, or items of interest that you want us to read on the air or to consider reading on the air, send it to uh, www bringing on uh, wfhb and we'll be sure to get that read over the air. Um, wow, this is that's that's troubling. Mm-hmm. Wfhb org is our station's. Uh, Um, website, and um, just feel free to visit and reach out to us. I'm I'm still kind of incensed about that. Mm -hmm. I I really Mm -hmm. am. But anyway, our thanks once again to Tanya Bell, Indiana Black Expo's president and general counsel, for joining us again to provide an enticing overview of what people can experience when they attend this year's summer celebration, which kicks off on July the 11th through July 21st. For more information, go to indianablacexpo.com.
1: Our show's producer is Clarence Boone, with help from WFHB News Department Director Kyrie Greenberg. Tonight's board engineer was Chantelle LaFontaine. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effium, with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Jacinda Townsend.
0: You're from Louisiana. No, you have roots from there. No, okay. Now, because you pronounced your name, you're the first. first
1: yes, I lived in Morocco, and, and our
0: engineer <laughs> is beaming <laughs> okay. because you're the first co-anchor to correctly pronounce it. <laughs> and for the record, let me state that uh, our website is bringing on at wfhb.org. All right, um, <laughs> tune in next Monday, July the fifteenth, but we're zooming through July at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB.
2: You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana.